Art Centric Podcast with Rafi and Klee. Hola, you amazing artist. It's Rafi and Klee. And today we are doing our first live podcast in a while. It's actually been quite a while since we've done a live podcast. And in this podcast, we're going to be talking about getting getting out of starving artist mode. I just totally... <laughs> well, like you said, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> Welcome to our guests who are here with us on the chat. Please yeah. feel free to uh, you know throw your comments and questions our way as we talk about this. And let us know if you can hear us all right. Who do we have on here? We have Tina Colburn. We've got Christopher Dahl. Jenny and Allie and Karen. And Sarah. Sarah. Well, hi, you we guys. Got, uh, XRG and JYB. I'm just going to say the first three initials there. <laughs> I'm painting blue balls. Planets. planets <laughs> while listening. Well, that's excellent, Christopher Dahl. Welcome to all of you. Thank you for being here with us on our first live pod in quite some time. I know. We're trying to do something new. We've been thinking about possibly uh, doing a live pod. Uh, weekly and it's it's something that we're thinking about doing because we're we actually have the capability of take call in, taking call-ins and different things like that so we're excited about seeing what it is that we could do with the live pod and for this week we actually have uh, an email that we got from ella uh about getting out of artist uh starving artist mode mentally and physically yeah. getting out yes she took the plunge about a year ago where she wanted to make this into a career she uh quit her side hustle her corporate side hustle her corporate side hustle and then she just kind of went for it and of course it's you know with with everything going on uh with things <laughs> i want to say like 2020 2021 yeah, you guys know what things yeah uh you know things have been a little bit of a challenge so she reached out and hopefully we have some answers for her yeah she, she sent a pretty long email so we're gonna just paraphrase it she starts it off talking about uh she had gone in and seen that we had started our business officially in 2012 and um asked us pretty much how we were doing after maybe about five years, whether or not we felt secure or something. And the thing is that like when we started in 2012, we uh, hit the ground running. Yeah. Because there was no way, shape or form that I was going to allow myself to fail. So pretty much what we did was we started out at the flea market. The flea market was two days a week. And then we would do an art walk or something, which then you ended up with two days plus a third day. Sometimes on the weekends, we would do the Pal Fox market, we would do the flea market, and we would do another show. And there were some weeks where we did like five uh, showings of our work in places. I would say that for the first five or six, for the first seven years, every weekend we showed our artwork at at least two shows uh at max maybe about four or five shows and that was like weekly yeah weekly it, that it we was were a doing. lot yeah <laughs> uh but you know it it was a lot but okay so some of you have uh, been assigned uh chat box screen names i'm seeing yeah uh, Tempore art is here welcome painting while listening awesome. That's awesome um yeah we we did a lot um and that, that was the thing, like, because we, we also, one of the things that I wanted to 
tell Ella is that like, ironically, the books that I'm working on really have to do with that, with the nitty gritty of it. Like, how do we put ourselves out there? What do we do in order to put ourselves out there? And what exactly, uh, how exactly did we manage our money? Because that's what she's having the most difficulty with is the finding people to buy her stuff and uh, managing her money, basically. Yeah. And we'll kind of break that down into parts of the podcast. But from what I've gleaned, sales are happening for her. They're maybe not happening as steadily as she would like them to, especially during certain times of the year. Expenses are high. Um, and some of the things that she knows that she probably should do are things that scare her. Yeah. So that's kind of the gist of it. Yeah. Sarah um, said, I am purging my savings big time. Too scary. Yeah. I, I mean, that was the same thing that happened when we moved here, like mm -hmm. moved here and essentially with all the repairs and everything, um, you know, it, it's over a decade worth of the money mentality that we have that really kind of helped us with that, Yeah, where we were big spending on like a lot of repairs, but like everything else, we're very, very thrifty, very thrifty because yes. we do, we do have, it's not the starving artist mindset. It is the smart with your money artist mindset. Yeah. So in addition to doing everything we could possibly do in the beginning and not everything, some things came a little bit later, like a year in or two years in. But the other thing we did immediately was like, we got rid of every unnecessary expense yeah to that, an extreme that was the thing like we you know so like an ella ella is uh you know she's got she's got things that she needs to pay for right and it it basically is the same uh according to the same lifestyle style that she was living when she was in corporate and that's that's rough that's really rough because when you are jumping into an art career where you're basically any business really, where you're building your business up and you need to rely on that longevity of, of putting yourself out there and bringing into sales and building up some consistent sales. And with art, like there are certain things that we could do to really bring in consistent sales. Uh, you know, and that's where you jump on, for example, I know that every year, it is smart for me to sell calendars, right? Mm -hmm. Because calendars are things that I could actually market. Um, there are certain things that you could market. Uh, when I sell my books, there is an audience that I could market. Now, I don't do any like of the typical ads. marketing or ads, but it would be smart of me to do ads and marketing for the book because there is a demand for those kinds of books on, on marketing, on money management for artists things like that. Now I rely on organic marketing because it is how I got started. And by organic marketing, it means the more you put yourself out there, the more that you're showing your art, the more that you are tackling your insecurities and trying new things, um, the more that that grows little by little. Essentially, mm -hmm. you are putting yourself out there in a way where you are meeting one person at a time, you're establishing a connection, and you just grow from there. Of course, doing it organically does take time. Yes, it does. It and does take time. One of the things that we didn't do immediately right away was really do the online thing hard because yeah. we were so focused on doing the local things, the in-person things. And that's one of the things, if I was able to go back and change anything, 
Um, I would have given a lot more attention to our online presence. We did have online presence because we mm -hmm. had a website right from the beginning. We were selling our stuff online, but a lot of that was relying on local markets, uh, local people that would find us in the local markets that wanted to buy from us online. Now, also, one of the reasons that we did that was because a lot of the people that would meet us at local markets were tourists or people from outside yeah. of the state. So you always want to have some kind of uh, some, ki presence, some kind of online so presence. But as far as like really pushing the online, pre like back then, we were barely posting any videos because right. uh, at that time, I wasn't even sure what kind of videos I wanted to do. Uh, we definitely did not have a podcast. We did not have, there were no books. Their social media presence was nil. We did have a blog. We, you, you pretty consistently wrote a blog. I did not consistent. I pretty consistently the same way that consistently now I don't write a blog. <laughs> uh, I have a blog. I just uh, did need to organize the time to be able to write my blog. Welcome, Minnie. Minnie's here. And Glad Cass I caught you. Here. Hey, Cass. Uh, Cass is working on finishing <clears throat> her private tattoo studio and says, my dad is truly my saving grace when it comes to business. Yeah, Cass. That And that is awesome because yeah, you like, guys work really awesomely you together really, you really do and congratulations on finish you know finishing your private tattoo studio that is freaking awesome yeah that is the way to go i love that because you're just kind of taking the reins of your own career and that's that's important to do it's really exciting esther's here hi esther welcome esther Thank you all you guys. We have a great crowd with us this evening. Hi Kirkman. Oh, Ella's here. Ella's Hi Ella. Here. Hey Ella, <clears throat> I'm glad you could make it. So one of the first things that Ella sort of gets into here is the mindset aspect yeah. of it, right? Yeah. She's not feeling very accomplished, even though she probably should feel accomplished because she's done a lot thus far. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and she says, I know you mentioned before, if an artist has a desperate mindset and if you feel like you're struggling, it's going to give out that vibe to the world. And then people don't buy from you. Cause basically, as we've said before, it's like they can smell it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and, how... I, and I, I think I want to explain a little bit more about the desperate mindset, okay. right? Yeah. Because what, so basically, when you walk around an art festival, you could kind of see if somebody is hawking their art, uh, if they're grouchy. grouchy, if they're screaming out like, hey, today only 50% off, blah, 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 blah. And they're not, they're just there to sell. You kind of know when you walk into a booth, we've had that happen where you go to an art show and we walk into the booth and we love, we love looking at art. We love talking to artists we love admiring art and we we also love buying and owning art mm -hmm. from from other artists that we admire but there have been times where i've walked into a booth and the, the artist will actually measure me up and i could see them look at me from head to toe and maybe they see paint on my shoes or paint on my pants and immediately they assume oh this guy's just an artist he's not here to buy anything. Right. They size you up. Yeah. And they size me up and then they completely ignore me when in actuality, maybe I was in their booth to buy something. And that's, that's one of those things where it's like that person is not there to meet people. That person is just there to sell. And if you are just there and a, a lot of artists will argue with me on this, but the thing is that in my experience, when I've gone to a market, 
where maybe I'm like, oh crap, I got to make some money. I got to do this. I got to do that. And I am approaching it that way. My sales are crap. Yeah. And that's, they been, are crap. That's been my experience too. Even if it's quiet desperation, it's almost like you can read it in someone's body language. You can see yeah. it on their face. If you ask an artist how they're doing and their response has to do with finance and not many sales today kind yeah. of thing, it's those tells. And it, and it's kind of, it, unfortunately, it's kind of typical when, uh, when you are at an art show where that is the language that gets spoken. Yeah. Like I can't even tell you, we've done so many art shows and at most of these art shows, somebody would come by us like, how's it going today? How's, how's your day been? And what they mean is like, how much have you sold? Are you doing well? Are you doing whatever? And like, because, because we got to the point with shows where we realized like, if we're there to sell, it's going to be miserable. Like it's going to be miserable. If I'm somewhere to just sell something, a lot of times I'm going to look around and if I'm not making any sales, I'm going to ask myself, like, what the hell am I doing here? Like, this isn't worth it. This sucks. Um, and then right there, I go into a downward spiral because I don't have the sales. Well, what's going to happen afterwards is um, because I've gone into a downward spiral and I'm not in a good place, I'm not going to make any sales. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to be interested because I'm not having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with people. I'm not meeting people. I'm kind of discouraged sitting in the corner closed with my off. Uh, closed off with my arms closed, you know? And so like, if you are not there for that and you're just there to meet people and have a conversation, the thing is that every show that I've done, either A, I've done very well at the show itself or I've done well because I met somebody at that show. And a lot of my longtime collectors are people that I just met that maybe didn't buy something that day. Yeah, I wanted to um, point that out too, right? Being there with an open, genuine, good attitude there to meet people doesn't always translate into immediate sales either. Exactly. A lot of people have said, well, I, I do that and I still, you know, like I meet a lot of people, but I still don't sell anything. And that's happened to us countless of times. Oh. But Almost always some person that you met at that show reaches out in the future. Cass said, I'm super shy, but I learned in this community to be present with your audience. They will come. Yeah, absolutely, Cass. Absolutely. And Cass, you have such a great personality. And, I, you know, we got to see you put yourself out there on that interview with the gallery. And like, you know, a lot of people won't even do that and just get on there and have a conversation with somebody. Mm -hmm. I like that Tina says, hope for the best, but expect nothing. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty much what we do. We go to a show and our thing was, we would we would really check ourselves before the show and say, okay, I'm we're here to meet people and have a good time. Mm -hmm. uh, despite, and that's where the challenge of the money mentality comes in because if you are, uh, you know, if you're thinking to yourself like, oh, I got a $600 bill at home and you've got these pieces, it's really easy to sink into that place where you desperately want to sell your stuff. You have to remind yourself that that's not what you're there for. Basically, you are there. It, the best way to describe it, if you want to describe it in like business terms, is marketing. You are there to meet people. Mm -hmm. You are there to show people your art. You are there to basically introduce the world to who you are and what it is that you have. And I also want to mention that we're talking, you know, we've been talking primarily about meeting people in person at shows, but the same thing really applies to the internet. 
Um, and, and the way that that translates over is, um, you know, what are you putting out there as far as sharing what you do, uh, in posts or in videos or whichever way, uh, you're sharing your stuff. I know a lot of great artists that, um, they share consistently, um, but you know they're kind of sales driven because they're sharing uh, kind of the same type of post over and over, um, just kind of mechanical of like the work. Um, but they're not really sharing their personality with the world right. or what's going on in their creative life or, um, you know, behind the scenes snippets that help the internet land get to know you and find out more about what you're about. So that's been a big thing. Um, that's been always the way that you approach the internet. Oh yeah, like, absolutely. Um, basically like a big online, uh, you, you approach the internet the same way you would approach uh, a market, right? So like, or just doing anything in person, the way that I approach the internet is it's just a big neighborhood. It's an extension of what we already do. When you go to a market, right? You set up your booth, you have your booth and people maybe walk by, maybe they walk into your booth. But the thing is that something about you or your booth is going to catch their attention. Yeah. Right. So that's that's like, uh, you know, putting your stuff on Instagram or, or writing a blog or putting a video out there. Right. That's that's the artwork that you are putting out on the Internet. Mm -hmm. And then that thing catches the person's attention and then they come into your space and then you have a conversation with them. Right. The the problem is that the internet is very much seen as like a just a sales platform. So a lot of people want to put a website out there because they want to sell art. They want to put their they want to open up an Instagram or open up something on social media because they want to promote their business. They want to sell things. And so like, it's the same mentality. If you are putting yourself, if you go to a market and you're just there to sell, then that's what's going to really bleed through. It doesn't matter what your words are or whether you're really good at trying to mask that. If you're just there to sell, it's going to bleed through. People are not going to be interested because nobody wants to get sold on things. Even if they might like the thing. Even if yeah. they might like the thing. The thing about it, the same thing. Ha so the same thing happens on the internet. I've seen countless of people use Instagram just as a, um, just as a portfolio for their art. Now there's nothing wrong with that. I love the idea of sharing your art on Instagram, but a lot of them will post something and say, I created this, this, this is the name of it. This is how much it costs. You can find it here. Nobody's gonna, nobody's interested in that. Like nobody's, there's no story there. There's nothing about you. You're basically just showing something. And unfortunately, as beautiful as the artwork might be, as beautiful as the jewelry might be, or as beautiful as whatever it is, if there's nothing extra with it, that's like walking into a, um, a store and somebody just coming up to you and saying, here's this piece, this is how much it costs. You want to pay me now, cash or credit. And you're like, I didn't even, I'm not even interested in looking at your piece, you know, mm -hmm. like. And that, that's the thing. If you get, if you are doing stuff that might turn somebody off because it's like, this person doesn't care about me. And really when it comes down to it, that's what it's all about. It's these human connections back and forth, whether or not it is online or it is in person, it's about connecting with human beings out there. And that's, that's basically what, what I mean when, when that desperation sets in, 
it kind of cuts us off from that because at that point we do become very self-absorbed. It's all about, I need, well, I need to pay my bills. I need to this, like, you know. Yeah, survival mode does tend to be self-centered and where I mean your focus is primarily on what you need. Yeah, no, I, I, and I understand that because like you do have to, you want to pay your bills. You want to use your art to pay your bills, but it's that fine line there, that fine line that could really uh, cause you to lose sight of, of what ultimately really does matter. Your art is going to sell at one point or another, whether it is now, whether it is in uh, a month, in two years, three years, whatever it is that you create, it's going to age like wine. It is going to sell. It is the, the relationships that you establish now that is really going to pay off down the road. You could go to a show and you could sell t- uh, 20 pieces at 80% off and be like, oh, I had a good show. I made a thousand, but like how many of those pieces, how many of those people are going to return to you if you were just there to sell and you didn't establish a relationship with them? They don't know who you are. They're just buying something because it's pretty. They don't even remember your name. Hello to Connie Lee. Connie Lee. Connie Lee is boss. Boss. And (laughs) Tina said, I'm guilty of that, but only because I have a hard time figuring out what to say. And that will come with time. And I'll tell you, like, um, I would say that uh, a small percentage of the time I'm actually talking about my jewelry and the rest of the time I'm just talking to this person. A lot of the time we're talking about them. Yeah. Like I'm asking them questions about, you know. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's just that genuine interest in like and, and you know, like she said, it does take time to get there. A lot of us are very awkward. We're, we're very shy. I love the fact that I'm awkward. Right. Because I use that as a superpower when I'm talking to people. Totally. But also I'm super interested in hearing their story. Like what? I'm always interested in finding out the people that do walk into my booth or are interested in my art. I'm always interested in seeing what kind of human they are. Like, what is it about my art that you are attracted to? What kind of person are you? What caught your eye with this? What's going on in your life? What brought you in here? Yeah. Yeah. Cass said, I have 30 clients committed for tattoos once my shop opens in February. Oh, Cass, that is awesome. You are doing the thing. He's such a badass. So that is uh, kind of, so that's really expounding upon what you mean by the desperate artist. <laughs> she artists said, mentality. I'm totally awkward. Yes, Cass. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It's like you you embrace that awkwardness. When you know when you know that you're super shy and you know that you're, you're awkward, but you know that the process of putting yourself out there is a necessary one. I mean, on Friday, we actually have a video going up about facing embarrassment. And Clee tells a story about when she first got started and how she would challenge herself to talk to people. I'm going to make it a point to say, at least say hi to everyone Everyone. that walks in. Yeah. Um, And, you know, and, and a lot of people have a hard time seeing us as shy or awkward because of what we've done. But we've spent, like, like I said, we spent over a decade going out there every weekend, three or four times meeting. I can't even tell you how many people we've met hundreds of thousands of people probably and said hi to them and gotten into conversations and, and went through all those awkward moments and realized, oh, there's nothing, all humans are awkward. They're all weird and awkward. They're going to talk about stuff that maybe you're not interested in, or you are interested in. So like, 
we we are all so weird and it's that combination of two weird awkward people humans getting together and and have having a conversation about artwork or their lives and stuff like that that actually becomes really really fascinating and it it kills that fear because you realize there's really nothing you could do as long as you're being yourself and you're not trying to hustle or trying to you know sell somebody on something um that you're just there to meet somebody like that kind of starts melting away after a while Mm -hmm. the awkwardness that not the awkwardness the awkwardness is still there i'm awkward at af oh yeah me too but like um the the fear uh that comes with that the embarrassment all that stuff the pre-embarrassment all that stuff goes away. Tina said, I'm beyond awkward and quiet. I've had people who actually thought I was mute. Maybe a personal challenge would be great for you in yeah. that way. Challenge yourself to greet everyone. Maybe you already do that. It's getting past the greeting, right? What do you say after that? Maybe challenge yourself to greet people and and make one comment. If I didn't know what to say to someone, oftentimes I would just throw them a compliment. There's always something unique about each person to compliment. And that was it. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. just to say like, I'm here, I'm open to talking to you and I'm glad you walked in kind right. of a thing. Ella said, I don't do shows because they cost too much money. So I stick with online. My social media is not all that. I probably hustle too much in my posts. I use it as a portfolio. There's nothing wrong with using it as a portfolio, but remember that you are a human being selling to other human beings. You're not a you're not a corporation. And even corporations like Coca-Cola and all these big corporate things, they try to humanize their products. So remember that like they're not selling because of marketing. Their marketing is based on humanizing the product, right? Uh, you know, you you buy a Coke and a smile all that stuff like it's made to make you feel something human about what they're selling when in actuality they might be just selling brown sugar water or soap or shampoo or whatever think about those products that are out there that you really like to use and what it is that they make you feel and how much the advertising had more to do with that than anything else So I want to, because Ella mentioned that, her social media posts, and I want to kind of jump, I'm just going to jump around to what's relevant here. I do want to mention one thing here based on what she just said. Okay. Ella, um, okay, so first off, I'm going to say, yes, a lot of shows do cost a lot of money, but that is not, we were doing four shows a week. So like putting yourself out there in that way, you do have to ask yourself, like, am I not um putting myself out there and using the excuse that the show is costing a lot of money or am i not looking for an art walk that is going to cost 20 bucks to set up on the street am i not looking for a a small show maybe like a farmer's market am i not looking for something like that that is gonna help me get out there of course we weren't doing the big expensive shows no we we were broke (laughs) when we first started we did you know if i could put together 25 bucks that was a lot but we did do gallery night in front of Seville Quarter, which was a big bar in Pensacola, and they charge $10 to do it for the night. Mm-hmm. And then we drove out to Fort Walton Beach where they had a Fort Walton Beach art walk, and that cost us $15 for the night. So, I mean, there are things like that. There are a lot of things like that around town. So I would challenge you in that sense of putting yourself out there physically because, listen, online is great, and you can do very well online. 
But online is going to take a lot longer than if you start to build up, building up your local, building up a local presence really helps buffer the amount of time that it takes for building your online. And it does help with your online. If we hadn't built that buffer, yeah. if we had just focused on, and I'm not saying that you can't do it online, you can, but if you're going to do it online, then really what's going to help you there is doing classes, doing like Skillshare classes, doing things like that. You're going to have to do videos. You're really going to have to give people more than just pictures of your stuff. You're going to have to give them more. And that's the thing. When you're doing a show in person, you do end up, if you're there to meet people, you are giving them more. I can't tell you how many philosophical conversations I got into all of the philosophical about stuff that it wasn't even related to the art, Yeah, but somehow it would all circle back to the art. And it was all about sitting there having a conversation. I love, I, I, I'm one of those weird people that I get really excited talking about insecurities and talking about this and like putting yourself out there because I'm so excited about this new path that I've taken in life where like I get to be an artist and really the biggest part of me putting myself out there is me facing every fear that I have. So like I get excited about that stuff. So there's a lot of that like babbling and rambling that goes on and somehow some way. Well, it's reciprocal because yeah. you, you go there and then all of a sudden people feel more comfortable opening up to you. And the next thing you know, you're having like a really deep conversation with them yeah. or at least a really great conversation where everyone walks away feeling like, wow, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what you want to do. Uh, Tina said recently, I started trying to spark up conversations at the grocery store to old people. I love that. I Tina. love that. That's brilliant. My uh, partner helped with social skills. Well, many, yeah, many. so did my partner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cass said, I try and volunteer in community artist groups, which force me to speak. Oh, yes, Cass, Cass. And we've seen you be so brave. You are. And you're, you are. you're amazing. I babble and people love it, said Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> we do love it, Sarah. Hi, Cruz. Hey, Welcome. Cruz. Glad you could be here. Tina said, holy crap, $10. Our flea market charge is 45 per day. Canada sucks. Oh, our US flea market, our flea market charged forty three dollars uh, yeah. for the weekend. Now, not for day. It was our farmers market that started off at ten, and then it got up to then twenty. And, it went up to twenty five dollars. Yeah, you can find you can find free stuff to show your work at a lot of times. A lot of times because they're building up, they're building up the stuff, and you always end up with like different things like that where um, people, you know, talk to the local art groups, put together an art show. Um, do all those things. Like, that's the thing too. Like if all you have are expensive markets around you, then get together with a bunch of artists and put something together yourself. I, my biggest thing is like, I was not willing to take no for an answer when we started. Mm -hmm. I was, I was, I was going to do anything it took not to sell my stuff, but to get my stuff out there. I knew that if more and more and more people saw my work and I got to meet more and more people there was a much bigger potential of me selling my art than if I was uh, not doing these things. Like I had to take the reins. That's that's the whole rogue marketing uh, philosophy is like you take the reins of your own career and do not take no for an answer. 
Uh, Extempore said most of my sales have been local connections and speaking to people at markets and events. There are some competitions that are free to be part of, such as the art battles, inter- international, so check when they're held. It's finding what works to your strengths, though. I, yeah. I just can't imagine it leading to regular sales, but I love speaking to people despite the awkwardness. So and- for me, it led to such regular sales that it became a crutch that I relied on. But yeah. that's a story for another day. It really can um, lead to regular sales. Uh, Blackbird said helping Stephanie with farmers markets since 2013 really helped me grow comfortable with the crowds. Yeah. 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 I mean, and that was the thing, like it's, it's, it is, uh, it's very easy to feel out of place in those places and close off. And that's, that's the biggest challenge. It's like challenging yourself to talk to people. Cause I think, I think a lot of people, I see a lot of stuff like online where they're like trying to help artists and it, it makes it really complicated because they talk about you got to close the sale and you got to you got to have a good sales pitch and you got to have whatever. And I'm like, no, throw all that garbage away. Yeah, because it doesn't have to do with uh, closing the sale or any of that stuff. It has to do with connecting with somebody. And as far as like consistent sales, the thing is, if if you're looking for security, if you're looking for what what most people think of as security, which in my mind, I, I call absolute bullshit on any form of security that's out there because you could work. I've worked at companies that went bankrupt. So like I had a secure corporate job. Next thing you know, I don't have a job anymore. I've worked at companies where um, because my my I had to take personal leave because I had a sick person in the family just for a week when i came back i had no job there is absolutely no sense of security out there right we get so used to the consistent paycheck coming every week for doing the same work every week but in actuality it when you are an artist the amount of stuff that you put out there uh the the amount of work that you put into it week to week really it doesn't pay right away the the way that a job does it's it's incremental it starts building and building and building so the more you do it the more the more that you have to look down the road for it to build everything that i do today i know that in the future is going to pay off in some way shape or form in some way in ways that you can't predict yeah. so ella said i've had trouble tapping into the locals through the facebook town chatter groups i'm going to stop reading right there um and feel how you want to about Facebook, but I don't rely on Facebook at all for mm-hmm. anything related to my business. No, I don't either. Um, I know some people do and they do fine or whatever, but it's just never been a vessel for getting my stuff out there no. for me. I post my stuff on there. I post my um, stuff. I post stories. I basically share stuff on, you know, on Facebook, but as far as like uh, going into I mean, and I know that there's a lot of chat groups and things like that on there, but honestly, it just, it's never been something that, that really works for me. Um, when it comes to local, uh, I go to places. Yeah. I, I mean, I will tell you this right now for the farmer's market, we had to jury in. And so like I sent her an email, I sent her the application, I called her number, I called the office, I found out where I could go. Then I went in there. Then basically, uh, because I wasn't hearing back from her, I showed up two days later in her office and basically waited for for an hour until I was able to meet with her face to face. Like, really, if you're doing local, it's it's just hitting the ground, like like 
hitting the yeah. pavement and, and getting out there. She added, you know, I'll have to wait for warmer weather when the farmer's markets start yeah. back up. Uh, online clientele is usually coastal folks. She added, I price my items a bit higher than what locals will be willing to pay. You know, Ella, we were kind of told that too. Yeah. Um, don't... And, and it doesn't really mean anything when you when you really get out there like yeah your stuff might be above what some people are comfortable with but you can't really lump an entire i know i know that's into the, that don't don't fall for that yeah. rhetoric it is so common for people to say that and it's complete and utter crap because that's like saying all artists are like this or all artists are like that or all of these people that live in my community none of them want to pay the prices that whatever that's bullcrap because like you can't account for everyone now so i not maybe not everyone is going to buy from you but you will definitely have a local market based on your price yeah. point and the goal is not to sell to everyone right yeah um i at shows uh, you know people would say well it's not worth it bringing expensive stuff out to a farmer's market i sold very expensive pieces at our farmer's market yeah. but i also sold very affordable pieces and one of the things that we made sure that we did was to have something for everyone um have pieces that are easier for you to make that maybe somebody who can't afford a large piece from you might be able to take home with them yeah um, that was the thing ella is like we made sure to cover all the price points mm -hmm. whenever i do a show i would take out super expensive pieces sometimes they would sell sometimes they wouldn't but i would take down out middle ground pieces i would take out uh what i would call my impulse art right mm -hmm. i always called it my impulse art because these were like smaller pieces that maybe i was able to create a hundred of them in one sitting and uh they were they were like the little drug you know like that was the, the, the gateway the gateway into drug the other art. into the other art um and so like it's thinking outside of the box and thinking like okay what can i have out there that is going to cover every price point but most definitely do not look at a community and assume that everyone in that community isn't willing to pay because that's that's those those are the that's the rhetoric that we fall into that really uh, well it doesn't do anything for it doesn't us. do anything yeah. for us it, it basically you it's almost like you're lying to yourself and telling yourself let me not i don't want to bother with this because my prices are too high and that that right there you're you're kind of standing in your own way because a that's a lie and b um how do you know unless you actually do it yeah with any piece of like rhetoric advice or whatever I, you know you can look at it and ask yourself like well does that piece of advice help me or does it hinder me and yeah. kind of go from there Chris said yeah facebook is not no erica said i love hearing about how the work doesn't necessarily pay off immediately it's so validating for me my business also requires an upfront time investment without an immediate financial payoff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean and that's that's pretty much everything that we did because you know in the beginning when we were doing all these shows it wasn't like we were doing all these shows and like making bankroll but in my mind i knew the more people that i meet the more that there were some people that i met um year one that didn't buy any art from me until like year three or year four. Oh yeah in fact one of my best most loyal collectors said you know like we sized you up for like years before deciding to buy yeah. um because we really wanted to know who you were if we were gonna get into investing in 
your work. Exactly. I um, mean, and that's, unbeknownst to me, I had no idea this was going on. But I mean, that's how it is. Like a lot of people want to go out to a market for the first time and they want to make all the money. But like the people that are walking around, they don't know you. They don't know who you are. They don't know if you're going to like, can I buy something from this person? And are they going to be here next week? Yeah. Are they, are they somebody that's out there consistently or is it, there are so many artists that get out there and they do a show and then they get discouraged and then they never show up again. Right. And a lot of times for somebody that buys something from somebody like that, it feels like they got burned. So you got to keep that in mind that a lot of people might've been burned because they wanted to invest in an artist. And then the artist just gave up because maybe they only sold one thing for the first show and mm -hmm. they didn't understand that. Like this is, this, this is a lifestyle. It's not, it's not the short term gain that really does it for you. It is the long term gain because when when you're doing this, you have to know like it's going to take a while to get there. One of the questions that Ella asked in this email was like, did we feel secure after five years? Right. And the answer is no, no, no. I mean, it's been over a decade and we still I do not rely what is that? What is that term? Like, I don't sit on my loins with no, ah, rest on your laurels. I don't rest on my laurel laurels because it's not like, oh, OK, I understand. Like, yes, I've built things up, but I also know that I can't slack. I always have to be working on, OK, what's my future going to look like? What's my future going to look like? And keep going from there. I want to add to that. Um, no, in the 10 years we've been doing this, have we ever felt secure? I also wouldn't use the the word secure. What did happen over time was that we got better at just moving through the scary times. We got better at being uncomfortable. We got better like at being uncomfortable. We're badasses at being uncomfortable. Um, and after 10 years of the fluctuations in the things that we do, you just get better at saying, I don't have to give a crap about that right now. My, yep. my, my focus needs, needs to be on this, not on that and believe me we have had some scary financial times yep. ella asked have we ever drained our savings down to almost nothing uh, yes there have been times where yes. we had no savings to speak of and we've been talking about dollars yeah not hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars we've been dealing with dollars down to the dollar and realizing in those moments what because what happens is oh you start looking for a quick fix and i realize in those moments like this is exactly when I need to focus on creating. This is exactly when I need to focus on the direction that I'm heading, understanding full well that like, I'm going to make do with what I have. If we need to cancel some, sh if we need to cancel Netflix, Netflix is going to get canceled because I am not willing to quit right. what I'm doing because I'm scared. You know, like, yeah. and we've had to ask ourselves those questions like, all right, Clee, are you willing to live in a cardboard box with me? Because that's what we might end up doing, still selling art. But we, I know that no matter how bad things get, we can build ourselves back up. And this is really important. I want to take a second on this because Ella asked, how do I psych myself out of this crap money mentality? And my truth is you don't, you don't psych yourself out of this crap money mentality, but you have to show yourself that you're resourceful and you're persistent 
and you're determined and you're willing to do what it takes. Because when you show yourself that you're resourceful and willing to do what it takes and to see it through no matter what, I'm willing to give up Netflix. I'm willing to, what are you willing to do? What, yeah. Um, the, then you show yourself that I am someone who can get through anything. Yeah. So that's the mentality. And I, I, really. think, I think I've referenced that before in videos. And that's where I say like, if you drop me in the middle of the jungle and come back two weeks later, I know that I will have built a treehouse and somehow figured out a way to have electric. Like I know that as bad as things get, we're going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. We're going to figure it out. And it's not like, I hope I will. Oh, maybe we will. It has always been like, you know what? We will figure it out. We will figure it out. And like, but it's, and it's not saying that every time we've been on point and figured it out immediately. Well, we're still here. We're yeah, we're still here. <laughs> so we have figured it out to some extent. But the thing is that like, it's always been more of a, how do I get myself focused on what I need to focus on and not focus on the lack of things? Because that, if you are being driven by the lack of, if we were being driven by the fact that we had a dollar in our bank account and we had, uh, a thousand dollars worth of bills coming up soon that would have completely distracted me of what i needed to be focused on i yeah. would have been focused on how do how do i make some quick money uh maybe i could get this part-time job maybe i could do this and if you so, think we haven't been there and done oh, that and freaked out in that way and thought to ourselves like we're gonna have to go get well, not you so much, but I thought not like, me. I, I gave up. I you was refused. like, no way. Yeah. No way. Um, we have absolutely been there. Karen yeah. said, I've been doing exactly what you're describing, working at Blue Gallery over the holidays. I find that if I say hello, pay attention to what vibe they're throwing off and just engage in conversation. Oftentimes they buy something and it feeds my soul talking to genuinely kind and interesting yes. folks. And that's what I love it. That, that feeding of the soul. That's what I love. It's the long haul, long haul. side cruise. Yeah, exactly. totally. Cass said, I've been to some bad markets with my art. I went again the next time they invited and did great. Yeah, it's yeah you same, just never know. It's the same thing. You don't know. Like if you're there just to sell or like I, I know of a lot of people that are like, well, I did a market once and it just wasn't good. And I'm like, that once. is once. <laughs> like do this at least 100 times and then come back to me. Uh, Blackbird said one art show. I didn't sell much, but I met an author who contacted me later for book covers. She spent more than twenty two hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's that's the thing. Somebody had asked, uh, and I'm going to do a video on this soon, which which is probably going to make people angry. But like, <laughs> I want to do a video about where do you find art collectors? Because I one of the biggest questions I get is where do you find art collectors? And I'm like, you find art collectors at shows at the laundromat, at the grocery store, at totally. the gas station, <laughs> you find these are the art collectors are people and you find them everywhere. You just have to engage in conversations with them. And when they find out that you're an artist, if they collect art, they will be interested in seeing your art. X Tempor said savings. What, what are, are those? those? Yeah, I know. Erica said, thank you for sharing such honesty about your sense of security. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we really need to talk about these things as entrepreneurs and artists because this is the nitty gritty of it, right? Yeah. We got to be able to have these conversations. Everyone's trying to figure it out. Blackbird said, we've been effectively broke since 2016. Seriously, you quickly lose your fear of growing broke. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cass said, when we struggle, my dad says he's going to have to return to prostitution. <laughs> Lol, if you know my dad. <laughs> 
Uh, I did. I did tell Clee. I did tell Clee at one point. I was like, "Honey, I think I think you're gonna have to sell me off. I think you're gonna have to sell me off." <laughs> no, you're worth too much to me. I would I would keep you and ditch the rest of it. Ella said, "I might have to sell my car." And yet, those are the kinds of questions that yeah. you may have to ask yourself. What am I willing to purge from my life to make this easier? And I also want to throw this in here, you guys, because a lot of you have corporate side hustles. A lot of you work a nine to five, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, or have, a, as we like to call it, the corporate side hustle, specifically for the point of not having to worry about this. And a lot of artists feel a lot of shame and fear around the idea of having to do a corporate side hustle. Oh, like they, like they failed. Like yeah. they failed somehow. And listen, if you got to get a side hustle so that you can get your art business off the ground, even if it's a part-time or a work from home side hustle, there's no shame in that. No, that's it's part, part of, of doing what you need to do. Yeah. That's part of doing what you need to do. As long as you understand, like I'm going to take the side hustle. It's not going to dominate my life because just a side hustle. Yeah. Like this is my art. And that's the thing. Like when you desperately try and get it, you desperately decide like, Oh, well that's it. You know, what'll happen is, you decide that you're done with art because it didn't work out and you quit and then you go and you pour your stuff into your job. Whereas if you're not looking at it as a failure, because it's not a failure, it just means like, all right, maybe I need to get this job. I have a friend, he's, he's a photographer. And what he does is he works and saves his money, doesn't spend any money whatsoever, bare minimum. He works for about six months. And then he travels the world taking pictures for three months. Yeah. And he doesn't live anywhere. No. Like he just, whatever, wherever he lands and decides he's going to get work, he gets work and then he continues traveling. And he continues traveling. Cass sent us thank a gift. Thank you for the gift. Oh, thank you, Cass. Oh, that's awesome. We're still figuring out how this podcast yeah. thing works. <laughs> um, Erica said, so good to know. Freaking out is normal. Just keep going. Oh, yeah. yes. Freaking yeah. out is totally normal. I love to say the a superpower is getting comfortable in the discomfort because you're making this shit up as you go. Yeah. Like, yeah, we, we are, all are. We are all making this shit up. You're going to have people that are like, well, you know, you got to figure it out. And a lot of people love to do what I call the Instagram life where they're like, I'm doing so well. Everything is perfect. But we all know that's but, bull garbage. But we all know that's bullshit because we all, everyone goes through money issues. When you are putting yourself out there and you are doing this thing, this is, this art and our career is very unpredictable in the sense that you are not selling a product that is a standard product, right? You could, you could make things predictable. If you, let's say you sell soap, right? And then you know that local vendors sell soap and these are the soaps that are at the market. And so like, you're able to compete with this. Well, my soap has this special ingredient in it. My soap has that special ingredient in it competing with the other soap out there, right? You can't get this soap anywhere else. Well, the fact of the matter is artists, you can't get our art anywhere else, but that's all of us. Yeah. So like we, there is no competition there and there is no predictability. You can't really go in with a strategy that works in most marketing or in any of that stuff. You have to just really rely on that organic growth of putting yourself out there and meeting people one person at a time and making those relationships matter mm -hmm. because, and, and the thing is that a lot of us, you know, it's much easier. That's why a lot of those marketing gurus make so much money because they're marketing to people 
that are shy and insecure. So it's easier to hide behind a computer and pay for an ad and be like, okay, I did something versus actually like signing up. It's terrifying to sign up for a show yeah. or like a little crappy show that you don't know whether or not it's going to be good. The first time we signed up for the Fort Art, uh, Walton Art Walk, I was like, this is going to be crap. <laughs> like there, there, there's well, nobody out here or whatever. There's and, power in that too. And, and just, oh, well, we're doing it anyway. Yeah, we're going to do it anyway. And what was great about that is that although we only had that first time, maybe four people, four or five people, I think actually like walked by our booth and we did this huge setup. One of those people, two of those people are lifelong collectors. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. Charlotte, Charlotte Bergman. Yep. She's collected so many pieces of my work. She adores us. Yes. Um, so like, that's the thing, like you get to meet people one-on-one, -on -one. those relationships really matter. They're more than just, I sold art to this person. This, this is a lifelong friend. No, that's the coolest thing about art. It is, it is the gateway to human connection. Uh, Clover had said she had just started a part-time job. Also welcome Clover. Hi, hi Clover. Um, just started a part-time job after being a full-time artist. And even if you have to get a job, you didn't fail. You're just taking care of your own needs and it doesn't mean it's a setback or uh, that it will never happen. Oh, uh, you are so right. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the thing, like my decision to not get a job has absolutely nothing to do with my art career. Mm -mm. It, it, it goes, it goes way deeper than that. I mean, even if I wasn't doing art, I would be, ref I would much rather live on the street than go and work. Somewhere. And that's your personal and choice. That's, that's my personal choice. It has yeah. nothing to do with, with my art career. So like, th that's the thing I would never demonize getting a job. No. And the thing is too, that you don't have to get a job that you hate. You don't have to go back to a job that's soul sucking. One of our rogues uh, recently just got a pretty sweet gig doing something that she loves oh, yeah. from home. Yeah. And um, she's thrilled about it and can still do her art. And the two things actually go hand in hand because her job now, her side hustle job has to do with art creation. And that's, and that's, so, and that's the thing like those, those it's, you get to choose, you yeah. get to decide right now, the job market, I mean, it, you know, everybody's hiring for stuff. So like, it's like one of those things where, okay, if I'm going to do a side hustle, let me do a side hustle. This is great. And just like what uh, Clover said, you know, you're taking care of your needs. Like that's it. And, and honestly, when it comes to that kind of stuff, like whatever it is that you are willing to do to continue your art career, then you do it. Now, personally, I say that I would never get a job. But if I needed to, in order to continue doing what we do, oh, I would absolutely do that. And I would make that the most public thing in the world. Totally. And I think that's an important question to ask yourself overall. What am I willing to do? Cruz said it gets scary. No sales. I have a side business to pay for my art supplies. There yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and that's where I kind of want to segue into Ella mentions that she has YouTube. She has TikTok. She's not really doing all that much with the YouTube and the TikTok. Right. Let's say you're going to do the online thing. You're either not going to do the in-person show thing or you're going to do both, but you're going to do the online thing, right? And she's like, I don't really want, like, it's just my stuff right now. I don't really want to be on camera. I don't really like camera shy. I don't really want to do that thing. So what are you willing to do? Yeah. Is a good question. But that, also 
it doesn't mean you have to do a standard thing on YouTube or that, TikTok. It is, it is true. I mean, Ella, and that's the, that's the thing you have to ask yourself, right? So like, I'm like, okay, are you doing any shows locally? And you're like, no, because they're too expensive. Okay, well, you're putting yourself online. What are you doing online? You know, have you put your website up? And remember, you put your website up, it's basically in Siberia. Like, it's not like people are just going to be rushing to your website. What are you doing to put yourself out there? Are you doing YouTube? Are you uh, really connecting with people on the social medias? You're telling me that your social medias have no ground. Well, what have you changed up? What have you done differently? And, and these are hard questions. And I hate asking these questions this way, but I mean, this is, this is the, the reality of it. I can tell you that every single month, every year, especially when we first started, there was a lot of changing direction. There were a lot of things that we tried and like, I was like, okay, is this going to work? Oh, this kind of works. Or like, am I doing this? How long consistently have I done this? Maybe I need to pivot. Maybe I need to change direction. You know what? I need to grow a pair and actually do this thing. I need to do that. I need to do that. What are you willing to do to do it and listen to yourself? Because if you are saying, well, I can't do this because of this. Well, I don't feel comfortable with this, so I'm not going to do this. Well, I don't, whatever. Those are, those are the questions that I would ask myself whenever I would hear myself saying something like that, where it was like, you know what, if I'm not willing to do it, what am I expecting to happen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Karen. I know. I love that. Sugar, Sugar daddy, daddy wanted. wanted. <laughs> yes, Karen. <laughs> Chris said, I'm just posting on IG to put myself out there to overcome my fears of sharing my art. I'm not sure what good it does, but I'm trying whatever I can. I mean, listen, yeah. just overcoming your fears. That was what got me started on Instagram on all the social media was like, I'm going to use this to document my life so that when I look back, I, I, you know, I could, I could look back and remember, I use it as a way to document my life. And so what happens with that is because you're doing it for yourself, then there's something really genuine about that. And other people will become interested eventually, not, not all at once, but eventually. So that's kind of how I use it. Like a, like a picture journal. Yeah, totally. Se. Tina's, uh, why am I not seeing the comments? Hey, Tina, try refreshing maybe. Maybe. maybe yeah. Just... Try refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. And really, even when it comes to not just procrastination um, and for anyone who is not familiar with fachunking here, fachunking is just giving yourself the task of doing something for a small increment of time um, and then uh, giving yourself permission to stop if you really. Yeah. If you reach that, if you reach like if you say I'm going to do this for 15 minutes and 15 minutes comes, you're like, okay, well, I did it for 15 minutes and then you try it the next day for. it's not just for procrastination. It's for stuff that scares you. Yeah. I fachunk everything that scares me. Okay. I'm going to make myself do this. For... I'm, I'm going to make that phone call. I'm going to yeah. send that email. I'm, gonna, I'm going to, I'm going to film this Instagram reel. Yeah. I'm going to do this video for 15 minutes. If it's going really badly, I'm going to give myself yeah. permission to try again some other time. Everyone's journey is different says Kaz. Yeah. yeah. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Clover said, I only applied to one place. It was at a restaurant. I absolutely loved working and I always made a full-time income part-time and I didn't even think of applying anywhere else. That's awesome. That's Clover. awesome. Clover. Uh, Blackbird said half the year I helped Stephanie with our baking business and that's almost full-time. Just have to try to balance it out with art. Yeah. Oh, that could be a whole other podcast about finding the, the balance in yeah. your art career yeah. and trying to do 
at all. <laughs> Shit, I've had a realization. I may have to try TikTok. I know. I, I know, did, right? So I, I have I have TikTok and actually it's one of the things on our list. We want to play around with it because it's I mean, it, it seems fun, so I like it. Cass says TikTok has been good to me. So uh, so visual and, and fast and fast. Yeah, I, I that's one of the reasons like I'm kind of excited because I don't know it and because I'm kind of afraid to yeah. use it for some reason. Right. So I love the challenge of, of trying it out because it's what the cool kids are using. I know. And I'm definitely not cool. X104 said I was terrified of being on camera, but my passion, love and belief in my art outweighed my fears. Yeah, I'll figure out how to change names next time. <laughs> it's OK. I got you. I got you. Got to leave. It was nice being here with everyone. Oh, thank you for being here, Esther. You're freaking awesome. And I love, I love the, the video that you posted on Instagram of your, your worked in studio. Love it. Allie said, thought I was the only one panicking about financial future, living off a 401k from a crap job I resigned from, wake up at night and fear and fear sometimes a lot of pressure. Yeah, oh, definitely. Is. Allie, you are not the only one that, man, we, like I said, like when you're doing, when you're an entrepreneur, a creative, a creative entrepreneur, like you're going to have these times that are like, it is, it is. And there's no one to tell you what to do. And nope. being the boss can be scary in and of itself. Ella said, I post on Instagram, FB personal, FB business, Pinterest. I think I'm going to have to awkwardly put myself on camera, but I don't know what to say. Like, hey, been on here for about five years and now putting myself on video. Ella, you can literally talk about anything you want to and someone will dig it. That's the thing, Ella. You have to have a heart to heart with yourself because that was something I had to do uh, before we started posting videos was to have a heart to heart with myself and really decide like, what am I interested in? What do what I, I want to say? What do I want to say? What am I interested in talking about? Me, I, you know, my own personal journey is all about personal growth and like, um, and not the typical personal growth that you find out there, but just kind of like facing my fears and really putting myself out there because I spent so much time being so quiet, so shy and, and, and letting my dreams die essentially was where, where I was for the majority of my life. So like, these are the things that I'm interested in. So I was like, yeah, that's what I'm, and of course art and of course, you know, anything else that I'm interested in, um, I talk about and you know, my videos are just a bunch of rambles and a bunch of like, just me talking about stuff. I did not concern myself with growing my audience and that really took the pressure off of what it was that I was going to say, what it was that I was going to talk about. In fact, it's the same way with my social media. I don't care about growing my audience. What I care about is putting stuff out there that I'm interested in. And and these these are really tough heart-to-hearts that you're going to have to have with yourself because if you do anything else, it becomes a shick and then it becomes really hard to maintain. Like really hard to maintain. The shtick, yes. Yeah. TikTok is a good community, a thousand followers in a year. That's amazing. That's awesome. Um, all my videos, Alice said, all my videos are my products. I have them on TikTok, YouTube, IG Reels. I know I need to change things up. If it's yeah. not, if it's not working, if it's not working, and here's the thing: if it's not working and you personally enjoy doing it, then keep doing it. If it's not working and you don't enjoy doing it and you're doing it because you think it should You're be working, to. then stop doing it, pivot, 
switch it up, change it up, change yeah. it up. Like that's, that's the rule of thumb for me. Cause I, I know that there are people out there that will give up on doing something that they really love doing because it's not turning a profit. And I'm like, why would you do that? Now there are people that put themselves out there and they, they go the typical route and they put all this work into stuff and not really enjoy the process of doing it. And it's not showing a return. And at that point, I'm like, why are you doing that? Like switch it up, change it up, have fun with it. Clover said, TikTok has been amazing for me. And what I've learned there is that you are the cool thing about your art, not that the art is the cool thing about you. And oh. that is one of my favorite things that I've heard in a long time. Clover, that That's is perfect. brilliant. Yes. And that I is so true. I love that. Yeah. You are the cool thing about your art, not the other way around. Yeah. I love that so freaking much. Man, everyone needs to hear that. <laughs> that, that needs to be a t-shirt. <laughs> right? Right there. Uh, x said, but many conversations is what it is really about. Danger of following the subscriber count. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about don't, the subscriber count. It don't worry matter. about the algorithms. I know the word algorithm oh, shows Ella, up here in this email. Stop. Stop with the algorithms. Algorithms are ever changing and, and don't worry about the algorithms. Don't worry about the algorithms. Just have fun with what you're putting out there because people will connect to it. And the people that do connect to it, those are your people. Nerdy, those are your people. Nerdy segment here, right quick. Uh, we watched a little bl nerdy blurb on algorithms and how they work. And did you know that at this point, we have built algorithms and we have taught algorithms how to build other algorithms and so on and so on and so on. Such that at this point, humans don't actually know what algorithms are doing or what they're looking for because they're self-managing yeah. at this point. So nobody knows what the algorithms are going to want next or what they want right now. Yeah. So whenever I hear anybody talking about algorithms and what this algorithm is looking for and what that algorithm is looking for, I'm like, you are so full of beep because we, you don't know. We hardly we, we understand. We really don't know. Even the people that designed the original ones they don't have, understand. They have no idea. And what I'm not doing. even joking. They're totally self-managed. So trying to chase the algorithm is really a, a fruitless Stop endeavor. Stop chasing the algorithm. Do what you do. Enjoy what you do because eventually the algorithm will start chasing you because it's ever changing. It's just changing all the time. But those rambles have helped me so much, Rocky Truth, said Cruz. <laughs> Thank you, Cruz. Allie said, just started selling a lot during Christmas. It was because of an art festival. Did way better than I thought. Now the customers are giving me customers. Got to do more shows, even though it scares me a lot. Oh, High five so to you, proud. Allie. So proud, Allie. Good Love job. It. Uh, let's see. Cass said, I follow Clover and she is awesome. Clover is awesome. Clover is awesome. And so are you, Cass. Laska said, my art just proves how cool I am. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> totally. Uh, oh, Laska, thank you. Laska said, did I really say that? Yes, you did, Laska, because you are totally awesome. And thank you for the gift. Uh, this tech stuff makes me feel old. It took me a long time to figure out how to send a message on this podcast. <laughs> and I love that about this group of creative you rogues. And me both. Because we're all in different stages of figuring stuff out and we can all help each other do that. And this community, that's what it's about, you guys. You guys are badass. Yeah. You guys really are. I'm so grateful for this community. You guys will never know the depth of my gratitude. Yeah. <laughs> The people who designed the algorithm have been sacked, and then the people who sacked them have been sacked, said Blackbird. <laughs> and now they're making algorithms, making algorithms. Yep. 
You're <laughs> awesome, Cass. Your TikTok is always there. Okay, so we definitely have to get on TikTok because I want to follow Clover and I want to follow Cass. Right. And anybody else. Um, I, I've got TikTok. I, yeah, yeah. Now yeah. I feel old because I'm like, got to get on the TikTok. We got to get on the TikTok. <laughs> Your ticker tape is skipping my comments. Uh, we are, oh, Sarah, we love you. We're jumping around because we can't catch them all. That's yeah. all it is. Um, so actually, I, I think we're getting ready to wrap here. I think we are. I think this was a really, really good thing for all of us to cover because we're all in different phases of this, right? We're all in different periods of finances are scary yeah. and we're in varying degrees of moving past it and moving figuring past it, out. it, figuring it out. I mean, it's all, it's all just a, a cluster fudge at some point. Um, the thing is that we're always dealing with the, the typical like idea that, well, your finances should be stable. It should be this, it should be that. And in all honesty, even if you have um, a, a job or you have whatever, like nothing is really stable. Everything is always changing. So it's like, it's taking the extra reins in your career of of being an artist and understanding like, this is a long-term thing. Like it's, it's not just quick. I, I, if and, and one of the biggest things, um, Ella, was that you gave yourself a time limit of like, I'm going to try this for this long. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. And I don't want you to look at that as a failure because you did amazing, Ella. Yeah. You sold things. You have you have really put yourself out there. I, I know that you've done so many things. You are doing you it. You are doing it. So like, do not see this as a failure. Do not do that. Because I've seen so many hugely talented artists just give up because they they think it doesn't work and i don't do that don't do that because you are on your way yes you are maybe ask yourself i'm sure that you're going to leave this with a lot of questions that you're going to ask yourself but maybe ask yourself what do i need to do to remove this ultimatum that i've set yeah. for myself so that i don't have to live in a state of panic thinking about this ultimatum how can i move forward from there. Blackbird, Christopher Dahl, you can't leave. I still have half a drink. Oh, salute. <laughs> Karen uh, said just what I needed. Oh, thank you, Karen. Cass, oh, thank oh, you, Oh, thank Cass. you for the gift, Cass. It, uh, Clover said it would be harder to stay an artist if I wasn't in this amazing community. I love you oh, all. Well, we freaking we love you. Love you and Erica had said, like, thank you for the authenticity. Um, we live for this stuff, Erica. Yeah. Thank you for being here and for being part of that. This is this is our favorite. Yeah. <laughs> thing. Thank you guys. Well, yeah. Ella, hopefully, hopefully that um, gave you some insight into where we sit on different things and, like that. And maybe I know, some good questions to ask. Yeah, yeah. And I, I know, I know it's it's difficult. I know it's it's trust me. It, it's 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 the biggest challenge that we face is breaking that 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 old that that habit of looking at the world in a certain way and getting to a place where you understand yes i can trust myself to move forward i can do this if i get in this situation i don't have to fear it because i know that no matter what i'm gonna come out the other side even if it stinks even if it's rough even if it's whatever it is, what am I willing to do? How am I willing to do it? 
And the thing to understand is that no matter which way you decide to go about it, whether you decide to get a part-time job or a full-time job or, or head in one direction or head in another direction, no matter what, no matter what you do to get through that rough time, that is a win. Yeah. That is a win. Do not ever let anyone tell you that um, maybe picking up a job or taking this side hustle or doing this or doing anything is not you doing whatever it takes to move forward in your art career because it is no matter what you do if you're still breathing and making art you're still doing it exactly exactly and it's an ever-evolving process and blackbird said the art career is like a marathon not, not a, sprint. a sprint exactly yeah. exactly ella said thank you for the advice all the advice kirkman said incredible as always thank you guys for being real relatable and giving great experience advice well thank you guys yeah. for being you guys, here this has been absolutely amazing thank you for all of your insights yes. your questions your experiences that contributed to what I think is one of the greatest podcast conversations we've had yet. Absolutely. This Absolutely. was amazing. Yeah. So thank you guys. You guys leave us inspired as always. And I'm going to do the outro here. Yeah, do for it. Us. And thank you everyone for being here. You guys are absolutely amazing. And anyone who listens to this podcast, thank you guys for listening. Listen, I adore all of you. And I know that every single one of you You've got this. You are creative geniuses. There, you are unstoppable, and it's just a matter of reminding yourself of that. So I adore you guys, and uh, yeah. Do you want to say goodbye, Clee? Mwah. Good right. day, good evening, good creating, and good doing ever whatever it takes. <laughs> <laughs> doing whatever it takes. Doing whatever it takes. Oh man, I freaking love you guys. Thank you so much for being here. And I'm going to do the outro. Look, I get to do the outro now. Ooh, exciting. All right. Adios. Good day. <laughs> that was it. This is, this is going to be a weird outro because I, I still have to find the you did live the, button. You did the outro and then you giggled. We both giggled. <laughs> this is the, the backstage outro. Yeah, the backstage outro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I love you guys. Goodbye. Adios. Goodbye.